You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Howard, we appreciate you taking the time. What do you make of the club's recent moves, cutting Ryan Matthews after he got healthy enough to pass the physical and trading for quarterback Ronald Darby coming over from the Bills? Well, let's start with Ryan Matthews because that, that is pretty simple. As soon as he was healthy, and you can't cut a player before he's healthy uh, from the injuries uh, that were incurred during last season, it was uh, it was going to happen. There was no secret about that. Uh, the Eagles don't say that, but Ryan Matthews being cut was was totally, totally, totally expected. Uh, so that's so that is not a shock at all. I am not. I'm maybe a little surprised when you're talking about Jordan Matthews. Although when you look at this team now, it was, and it's really completely opposite from the way it was last year. Last year they hard they had hardly any. Uh, wide receivers other than Jordan Matthews. Now they do have a lot. They, uh, I'm okay with it because he, why am I, or, uh, Jordan Matthews only had one year left on his contract. He wasn't going to be re-signed. And they have a lot of wide receivers, and they need a cornerback. The only thing about that trade that was steep, and obviously Ron Darby is a good enough player that it's deep enough where you're going to have to give up something more than just a wide receiver. The Bills would not would not have made that trade without the third-round pick. So with that being the case, that was the key for the Bills. Now, they did want Matthews because, obviously, as everybody saw, they traded uh, Sammy Watkins. But I, I'm, from the Eagles' standpoint, he was a nice player. He was a really, really good guy in the locker room. A lot of teammates liked him, but in sports, you kind of got to move on. So I'm not, I'm not surprised because there will be other receivers that I would have taken over Jordan Matthews because of the future only being one more year. Howard, when you see the additions that you guys have already made with Alshon Jeffries and, and as well as Garrett Blunt, how much does it help out this offense considering that you had a, a Darren Sproles who was phenomenal, I mean, catching the ball and running out of the backfield, and Carson Wentz, was, was also that piece to the puzzle that made some plays with his feet. Uh, give me your, 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 your true, honest assessment of what you see with this offense now in comparison to what it was last year. Well, I think this offense is going to be much better than it was last year, and they did put up a lot of points, but uh, people uh, tend to, to look past and forget Lane Johnson was suspended for 10 games. They were 5-1 uh, and one when Lane Johnson played and then you can figure out the rest of the record because they only won seven games uh, in the entire season. So they only won two more games when he wasn't on that offensive line at right tackle. So their offensive line is better. Their wide receivers are better. And I can give you the five right now uh, that are going to be on the team. All Sean Jeffrey, Torrey Smith, who I, I know will have a better year than he had in San Francisco. They didn't even have a quarterback out there that could throw the ball. So you have Torrey Smith. Uh, then you have Nelson Aguilar, who really, this is his year. If he doesn't make it this year, he's gone. He was a former number one pick. He'll be in a slot where Jordan Matthews, he would have taken a lot of snaps away from Jordan Matthews. And then you have a, a second-year player who was on the practice squad last year, so technically I guess he's not a second-year player, Marcus Johnson, who they really like at wide receiver. And then you have a draft pick, Mac Hollins out of North Carolina, who really was a very good special teams player at North Carolina, but they like what they've seen in him as a wide receiver. So they are your five if you count five. If you take it the next step, 
Bryce Treggs, who's really had a good camp and had a good game last week against Green Bay. So they have plenty of receivers. So their offense, now the question I have, Cordell, is with the running back. Because LeGarrette Blunt will certainly be good, and he'll give you, uh, he'll, he'll give you tough yards. But I don't know what they have after that. That's a little bit of a it's – starting, it's starting to become a question. You have Sproles, who's not going to carry the ball that much, but he'll be a mismatch problem when he comes out of the backfield or in the slot as a wide receiver. You've got a draft pick named Donnell Pumphrey and a pick from before who's been hurt a good part uh, of this camp in Wendell Smallwood. So I don't know what they're going to do uh, or if they're going to be good enough. Now, a long shot to make the team is Corey Clement, the running back out of Wisconsin, who was an un- ended up being an undrafted player. He's got a shot to make the team. So that's my little question with offense, but I still have no questions. They will be better. Howard, I'm based in Southern California, so I saw Pumphrey play a lot at San Diego State last year. I know he's undersized, but you know what he did on the field. He had more yards than Ron Dane did at Wisconsin. He was sensational. Yeah, he, uh, he's obviously he's a clone of Sproles, but nobody is Darren Sproles. So, but he's been okay. He's been hurt a little bit. He's been okay in camp. So I don't know that you can see him. Eventually, he could be a very, very valuable player for the Eagles. But he's a rookie, and he's not—he's not really there yet. So, and he's not a back that would be in the NFL that you could say, well, "All right, well, I'm going to give him 10 to 12 carries." I mean, how many guys can you give the, uh, the carries to? Uh, because what the Eagles will do with him, and I see—I've seen them do it in practice. They'll put Sproles and Pumphrey in the game at the same time, which is really a problem for the defense uh, in, in matchup situations. So that will be a value for him. But as a running back, I know Pumphrey is good in a lot of areas, but I still don't know that they have that, that go-to guy other than Blunt. And that's really more in, in tough short yardage situations. But, again, I, there's no question in my mind this offense is going to be better. Let's talk about Chris Long. I mean, he's coming out of New England, and he's now with you guys, and he was a force, of course, when he was with the Rams. It's just unfortunate they couldn't win, but he played. He was very productive, and I thought he did a great job by committee and also was individually he was productive as well with the Patriots. What do you see him being able to do to help this defense out in Philly? Well, what Jim Schwartz likes to do on defense, and this is the way uh, I assume he's run a lot of his defenses, he likes to rotate people. So he will be part of the rotation, but the first-round pick is going to make that rotation even stronger. Uh, In camp, uh, Derek Barnett has really played well. His quickness, he had two sacks last week against Green Bay. Again, I know he's not playing against first-string players. And and he had one where he absolutely smoked the quarterback on a screen pass. He got there so quick. Uh, He... He adds to the rotation. So Chris Long will be part, and that's what they like to do, to keep these guys fresh. But one thing that they have to do a much better job of this year is to get a pass rush. And if they don't get the pass rush, then they've got some issues. And I think uh, with the way it looks right now on their defensive line and with Chris Long as a part of it, they will do a good job uh, in getting a pass rush. And that's going to help the secondary which was until the, uh, the Ron Darby uh, uh, acquisition from Buffalo. Uh, the secondary was a, the safeties aren't a problem, but the corners were a little bit of an issue. 
Getting you set for the Bills and the Eagles tonight on TuneIn Premium. You can catch the call from the Eagles Radio Network. Howard Eskin, sideline reporter, also does great work as a dean of talk show host for WIP Radio in Philadelphia. Howard, we've got to talk about Carson Wentz. So beyond the stats, what were your biggest takeaways last year based on what I thought was a stellar rookie year when you consider you mentioned no Lane Johnson for 10 games and he didn't have any credible receivers? Uh, and his running game was a little bit hit and miss because Ryan Matthews was hurt, was, was seemed to be always hurt last year. I think Carson Wentz will take a step forward. It's always, I know, tougher in that second year. Uh, and I think that's what Dak Prescott's going to have, um, obviously, with all the criminal, I mean, the issues they have in Dallas. Uh, it's just so that's going to be an issue for him in his second year. But Carson Wentz has more to use this year. He's He's a really... Really bright guy. He's got physical ability. There's no question about it. He's a good learner. And this is kind of a little thing which, I mean, I notice on the sidelines a lot, and I don't know how many people look at this, and uh, Cordell, you may notice it with people uh, being a quarterback. His body language is really good. When he makes a mistake, he's not Eli Manning-ish, where he's uh, shaking his head and moping, and I don't want to hear about the success of Eli Manning. I just... I don't like bad body language, and too many players have it. And if, if it's from a quarterback and your other players see it, I don't know that that sends a good message. If he makes a mistake or doesn't make a good throw, his body language is the same as when he makes a good play. And if it's an interception, he comes over to the sidelines and he starts getting ready for the next series. That's a big part of what I like. But he's a sharp guy. He's a hard worker. He's a bright guy. He's got physical ability. And I think he certainly will take a step forward. And that, that's a big part of, I think, of success of teams in general. It's just the body language. And when watching the New England Patriots, those guys' body language is always steadfast. It's steady. It never wavers uh, left or right uh, when it comes down to getting prepared to, to go to the next level. But when you talk about Ronald Darby, uh, tell me the jump that he's made on the depth chart uh, as a cornerback on this team that can help some of the things that Coach Schwartz want to do on the defensive side of the football. Well, they haven't actually laid out a depth chart, but he's starting tonight. So you don't even have to say, well, this is the depth chart. Actually, for preseason, I don't know if the Eagles actually put a – I guess the speed card tonight, when we see that, has to have a depth chart. But they never lock themselves into it. But uh, Ron Darby will start tonight. They obviously, in the, in the few practices that he's had since the trade, they like what they've seen. Uh, they like the fact that he's, he's a tough guy. Jim Schwartz likes – uh, a player, and the other, on the other side, Jalen Mills is only a second-year player, and I think he's got to move, take a step forward. They like a guy who can, who's not afraid to press cover. And uh, from what I've seen in the practice, uh, and what uh, Ron Darby has said, he's not afraid uh, to press a guy in coverage. And Jim Schwartz like that, likes that. But Ronald, Ronald Darby is going to be the starter. Um, at the cornerback, at one of the cornerback spots for the Eagles. Uh, I don't care what the depth chart might say in preseason. He's a starter. Howard, got about two minutes left. You mentioned the situation in Dallas with whatever is going to happen to Ezekiel Elliott if the six-game suspension is upheld or if he takes the league to court. Giants don't have a great running back. I think Washington's going to take a massive step back. Are you projecting the Eagles to be a playoff team? Uh, I think they have a they have a shot to be a playoff team. You know, a lot of things happen. Their schedule's tough. They play three West Coast games, although uh, two of them they're going to stay out there between a Seattle and a Rams game. 
So, but it's still a lot. And then there's three straight games in that little, three straight road games in that stretch. The schedule can hurt them. I think they're a nine-win team, and I think nine might win the division. Remember, in the NFC East, the same team is not repeated for 12 straight years. The Dallas Cowboys had not had double-digit wins in back-to-back years since 2002, and obviously they've lost some, some players on defense. They've lost a little bit on the offensive line. They lost a running back. And, I, I, and Zeke Elliott, I can't see him going to court. That's a legal issue, and that could open up the case where in Tom Brady's case it was a rules violation, so there was nothing that any prosecutor has to reopen a case. If he goes to court, there's going to be evidence presented, and I think that would be a mistake, and I just don't think, me personally, they're going to go that route because it could open up a lot, a lot of problems for him. So I think in the end, he'll get his six games. That won't help the Cowboys, and they have other things they have to concern themselves with. So I don't think the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. Uh, the Redskins are going for their third straight winning season, which hasn't happened for 12 or 14 years to have three straight winning seasons. It, it, it's amazing how things just fluctuate in the NFC East. I think it's the Eagles and the Giants in that division. Howard, tremendous information as always. Have a great broadcast. We look forward to chatting to you soon again when we get to the regular season here on the NFL on TuneIn. Always a pleasure to talk to you guys. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.